Chapter 2 A can of tuna and a glass of Merlot do not make a dinner. They do, however, qualify as a late-night snack when your best friend bails on you. They also manage to keep me up most of the night tossing and turning with an uneasy stomach. Food shopping is definitely on my to-do list this Saturday morning. Before I do that, I need to check on Liz. I reach for my phone perched on the pillow next to me and dial her number. No answer. I leave a short voicemail telling her to call me when she pulls herself out of bed. I decide it's time to rally my body as well. Just as I place my left foot on the floor, there's a faint knock on the door. The clock on the stand next to my bed reads 8.15. I mutter under my breath about who could be at my door this early on a Saturday and how did they get past the doorman. I pull a short robe around my body, covering up the red lace bra and matching panties I'm still wearing from last night. Hunger overtook practicality. The person knocking is bolder now. The rat-a-tat-tat-tat is loud enough to wake the neighbors who share the third floor with me. I look cautiously through the peephole. It's Mrs. Adams, the self-proclaimed one-woman building security patrol. She's just shy of 90 years old, meddlesome, overly curious, but vaguely endearing. I swing open the door. Good morning, Mrs. Adams. She gives me the once-over a disapproving look taking over her face. Dear, have you combed your hair today? My hand jumps to my hair in reflex. I work to flatten it. I just woke up. I continue. Please come in, Mrs. Adams. I step back from the threshold of the door to make my way for her. She strides into the room, her cane tapping out a rhythmic beat on the hardwood floor. Oh, this just won't do. She walks directly to the vase of flowers sitting atop the antique table in my foyer. She picks it up and starts in the direction of the kitchen. These are dead, Ivy. You should have thrown them out days ago. I've been busy, I say, readjusting the sash on my robe. She tosses the flowers in the trash, placing the now empty vase on the counter. Yes, I've noticed. You've been out every night this week. The words ready to leave my lips are, I'm 23 years old, single, and aching to do things with a man that would make you blush. But I keep my attitude out of the conversation with my conservative widowed neighbor. It's obviously time to change the subject. I'm going shopping this morning. If you put a list together, I'll stop by before I leave and pick up what you need. Her demeanor softens. You're such an angel, Ivy. I'm not sure what I'd do without you. I start walking towards the door, hopeful that she'll take the not-so-subtle hint and follow me. She doesn't. Your mail was delivered to me by mistake again. She hesitates briefly before continuing. There's another letter for Mark, dear. I'm sorry. I feel an instant heaviness in my chest. I'll get it from you when I pick up your shopping list. I avoid making eye contact with her. The pity that's always present in her gaze isn't welcome. She moves towards the door, stopping to touch my cheek. Time will help, dear. I smile meekly, knowing she means well. I know it will. I'll be by within the hour. I'm tired of this. I toss the white envelope addressed to Mark on the table as I take my seat across from Liz in a busy midtown bistro. It's about time you got here. She glances at the gold watch on her left wrist. You're late again. Not today. I wave my index finger at her as the waitress approaches. Just don't, Liz. 
She picks up the envelope as the friendly woman asks for my drink order. Iced tea, I say. I iron my hands across my lap, smoothing the blue cotton fabric of the dress I'm wearing. He's doing this on purpose. She pushes the envelope back to me. Mark wants you to get his mail so he has an excuse to see you again. Why? We have been over this so many times I've lost track. I slip the letter into my purse. I just want this to be over. It's been six months. Liz takes a long sip of the water in front of her. He feels bad for what happened. I think he just wants you to forgive him. You're kidding, right? My voice is slightly raised. Don't side with him, Liz. He was the one who cheated on me. I'm not, sugar. She reaches across the table to cradle my hand in hers. I'm really not. I just hate seeing you like this. I'll handle it. I motion to her that the waitress is once again approaching. What are you having?